Ash Wednesday is the start of Lent. It's a moment when we confront our brokenness and frailty. It's the moment when we let God challenge the smug, complacent self. It's the moment when we recognize that both personally and corporately we can be so destructive. It's a season of hard, grueling work. Fasting plays a prominent role in our Ash Wednesday readings, yet Episcopalians don't talk much about fasting. Most of us, if we're honest, are not entirely sure how to fast, so we tend to ignore this major biblical practice. But the thing about the Book of Common Prayer is that it is a deeply radical text. Sitting alongside the explicit injunctions of the baptismal covenant, there is embedded in the rubrics all sorts of expectations and requirements. So if you turn to page 17 in the Book of Common Prayer, you will see there in a section marked Holy Days, after the list of other major feasts, sure enough, there are two fasts, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Ash Wednesday is intended to be one of two days of fasting in the Episcopal Church. Now, what is a fast? Definitions vary from avoiding meat at lunch or during the day, all the way to complete abstinence from both food and water for 24 hours or even more. Most Episcopalians keep company with Muslims. We tend to operate with a 12-hour abstinence from food. So just to be very practical, if you had breakfast this morning at 7.30 a.m. and you wanted to observe this rubric, you would break the fast at 7.30 p.m. and survive the day on water, coffee, and please allow me this, Coca-Cola products. <laughs> but why do this? One might feel that the readings we've just heard are not encouraging fasting. Our gospel denounces those who visibly fast. So being good Episcopalians, we decide the simplest way of honoring our Lord's injunction is not to bother fasting at all. If one takes the three meals one is entitled to on the meal plan, then there's no danger whatsoever of being guilty of taking pride in one's commitment to the practice of fasting. And Isaiah, that marvelous oracle from Isaiah, is exhorting those returning from exile to opt for the authentic fast, one that is focused on injustice, so we can't help ourselves but think, I know what I'll do this Ash Wednesday. I will eat the three meals and vote for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I am then clearly in compliance with the message of Scripture. But of course, this is not the invitation of the Gospel, nor of the Oracle of Isaiah. Jesus is clear. Don't fast for appearance sake, but 
Make sure you do fast, which won't be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And the act of fasting itself is political. This is crucial. Fasting is a symbolic challenge to all our sinful dispositions. It's an act of creating space. Our voracious need to consume is one of the sins we all need to confront. We could live more simply. We need to feel the rumbles of a stomach that would love to have some food so that we all remind ourselves of the rumbles of many stomachs in this world of ours. Fasting means we shift our attention from ourselves to others both other people and the other of the environment. We should allow more space for the rest of creation simply to be, not simply to be used. And the act of not consuming for just 12 hours is a powerful challenge to our sense of indulgence, our sense of entitlement, to consume regardless of need and consequences. Our bicentennial poet, Malcolm Geit, locates this day in a wider context, in a way that I'm sure the writer of Isaiah's oracle would really appreciate. He writes this poem on Ash Wednesday in the context of forest fires, which themselves are a result of climate change. And he writes, Receive this cross of ash upon your brow, brought from the burning of Palm Sunday's cross. The forests of the world are burning now, and you make late repentance for the loss. But all the trees of God would clap their hands, the very stones themselves would shout and sing, if you could covenant to love these lands and recognize in Christ their Lord and King. He sees the slow destruction of those trees. He weeps to see the ancient places burn and still you make what purchases you please and still to dust and ashes you return but hope could rise from ashes even now, beginning with this sign upon your brow. This is a day when the preacher can leave the liturgy to do the heavy lifting. We will meditate on our mortality. We will meditate on our brokenness. We will see the consequences of our sin in the damage we inflict on the environment and on other human communities. We will think about the symbolism of a fast. But this is the day of two visits to the altar, one to receive the ashes, the other to receive the sacrament. We recognize our sin. We also receive the hope of grace and redemption in the Eucharist. And so Malcolm Geith's concluding stanzas are right. This act of being marked by ashes burnt is an act of hope. 
We are going out determined to give God the space to work on our lives. And as God does so, so we become agents of healing and grace for this hurting world. Let us all accept the challenge of this day. Let us commit to playing our role in making the world a better place. So help us, God. Amen.